This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. And the auto industry continues to do more than its part to fight the coronavirus crisis. BMW announced it will soon be able to produce several hundred thousand masks a day and will hand over a million of them over the next two weeks. Toyota will help manufacture at least 20,000 ventilators in Japan. General Motors and Ventec were awarded a nearly $490 million contract from the U.S. government to build ventilators. They'll make 30,000 of them at the end of August. And for those of you wondering, that's about $16,300 per ventilator. And Spanish automaker Seat started producing ventilators with adapted windshield wiper motors and is aiming to make 300 a day. We'd like to thank AutoLine viewer Martin Wolny from Poland for making us aware of that. He complained we were giving Tesla too much credit for building ventilators and wanted us to give Seat its due. And automakers are making more pay cuts as this coronavirus crisis drags on. Tesla is furloughing all non-essential workers, but they'll keep their health care benefits until production resumes, which is expected to happen in early May. Tesla's salaried employees will see their pay cut anywhere from 10 to 30 percent, which will remain in place until the second quarter. Honda and Nissan announced they will stop paying the workers that they've laid off in the U.S. and are urging them to apply for unemployment benefits. They hope to restart production at the end of the month or in early May. It's also worth noting that UAW workers who are on unemployment get sub-benefits or supplemental unemployment benefits that are part of their labor contract. Thanks to that, they'll get about 75% of their take-home pay. So how badly could the auto industry be damaged by this crisis? In the U.S., the National Auto Dealers Association says sales incentives shot to an all-time record last month, averaging $4,800 per car. That was the average for all vehicles. Incentives for pickup trucks alone also set a record, $7,200. The NADA says 1.8 million leases will be up between March and July, so that will help dealers sell cars. And once people return to work, it expects sales to jump on pent-up demand. Even so, its outlook for the year is dismal. It forecasts that automakers will only sell between 13 million and 13.5 million vehicles this year, down from 17 million last year. That's pretty bad, but Jonathan Smoke, the chief economist for Cox Automotive, says it's even going to be worse than that. He's predicting that sales will fall below 12 million vehicles, and he says used car sales will fall below 29 million, whereas they normally would be around 40 million. With so many people just sitting around at home, Porsche is launching a podcast that it's calling Next Visions. In each episode, two people will discuss a number of topics, from how economic strategists can learn from artists to how technology changes human personality. There's a total of five episodes in the first season, which were all done in English, and are available on all common podcast platforms. Porsche is also working on a German version. Now, if that's not your cup of tea, Audi will be live-streaming a music concert from one of its stamping shops where body panels are normally stamped out. The group of musicians will play music from Beethoven, Bach, and Mozart on April 14th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time.
let's move over to Japan, where automakers now face a mandate to come out with automatic headlamps. The headlamps on all new cars must come on when the driver starts the engine and puts it in gear. If the car is in park or the parking brakes on, the lamps do not come on. During daylight, drivers can manually turn off the lamps if they want, but once it's dark, they cannot turn off the lamps if the car is being driven. Japan implemented this regulation because it saw an alarming number of elderly pedestrians and cyclists being hit in traffic at dusk because drivers had not switched on their headlamps. Japanese drivers are so polite that they turn off their headlamps and just use their running lights at stop signs and traffic lights so oncoming drivers don't face any glare. But many of them forget to turn their headlights back on when they get going, and that's what's been causing so many accidents. The shell of a GM EV1 just fetched a pretty impressive price. As many of you know, after GM recalled all of the EV1s, most of them were crushed, while a few were stripped of their powertrains and donated to educational institutions. And one of those stripped-down versions just sold for over $23,600. That's a lot of money for a vehicle with no frame, no doors, trunk, hood, or interior. It's going to the Beata Electric Motor Carriage Collection in Colorado, where vehicles are used for testing, diagnostics, education events, and overall presentation and documentation. On the subject of EVs, Volkswagen is forming a joint venture with DuPower to launch flexible, quick-charging stations in China. The stations are compact, can be hooked up to low-voltage grids, have a built-in battery pack that could come from a used EV, and can charge at up to 150 kilowatts. Production is scheduled to start in the second half of this year. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. Vehicle-to-vehicle communication has the potential to really reduce traffic accidents. But is it ready for production yet? I interviewed Manfred Meyer, the Senior Vice President of Engineering of Active Safety at the supplier ZF, and he explained what's holding it back. So the V2V communication is possible with our current smartphones already, but it is not safe enough in order to apply now really safety features on it. There are attempts in the automotive industry to have signals to communicate from vehicle to vehicle, but then certainly you need to have a quite wide range of vehicles equipped with such a device. My dream would be that our mobile phone, everybody uses a mobile phone, uh, having it connected to each other, and then one device tells the other device, hey, I'm in driving different difficult situation, I let you know autonomously, and then the car following this, following my car can react appropriately, and with that, we add safety to the to the environment. How, how long away do you think we might be from having V2V technology? Uh, the technology as such is, is not the problem. The problem is the, the, the autonomous driving, autonomous deceleration, and autonomous steering assist. The, the, the problem is the communication from one car to the other car in a safe manner, so that you really can rely on that. And the mobile phones today are certainly safe enough to communicate to each other, but if you have an interruption, if your internet doesn't work because you drive through a tunnel or a bridge or whatever it is, and then you have an interrupted signal and then you, you stop your safety devices. And that's something which needs to be there before you can talk about really vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle communication, a safe, robust, and reliable internet communication. 
Be sure to join us for AutoLine After Hours tomorrow when our guest will be Doug DeMuro. He's one of YouTube's superstar car reviewers with millions of followers. We'll be talking about the exotic and historic cars that he test drives and get into the details of how he does it all. Frank Marcus from Motor Trend will also be joining us for the show. So join Gary Vasilash and me for one of the best gearhead programs in the business. And we've got a request for all of you. These are tough times for everyone, but we're asking our viewers to make a contribution to AutoLine to help keep our programs going. As you may know, we get all of our revenue from advertising and sponsorship from automotive suppliers, and they are getting hammered right now since all automotive production in most of the world has shut down. We've got a link on our homepage at AutoLine.tv where you can donate, and we want to thank viewers like Jeff Taylor and Thomas Bowen who have already contributed without even being prompted. Thanks for your support. And okay, before we go, let's end the show on something of a light note. Right as the coronavirus was starting to spread, a mechanical engineer at Spanish automaker Seat was just getting ready to go on a skiing trip that he'd been planning for a year. While he could have still made the trip, despite a containment order, Philip Klein decided to stay home with his family. But not to let the lockdown get him down, Philip made a nonstop video of what his ski trip would have looked like right from his living room. It took six hours to make the video, where we see him wake up in his sleeping bag, climb the side of a mountain with a pickaxe, and ski back down. It's a well-done video and has racked up nearly 700,000 views on YouTube. And with that, we come to the end of today's report. Thank you for watching AutoLine Daily.